This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. Hey, what's up? Welcome into episode 106 of Small Talk. Your hosts are here, Steve Cerruti and Michelle Smallman. Cerruti, how you been? This is a Wednesday. We're taping it a little later this week, so you got to catch me up on how your week's been. My week has been good. Been a little bit, uh, you know, it's doom and gloom here weather. It feels kind of like fall in the Northeast, which is great. And by the way, shouts out to, I believe it was Troy Farkas, who we used to work with at ESPN, sent me an article about how fall and foliage will start earlier and last longer than normal years this year. So your boy is fired up for fall. Respect, Steve. It only took 30 seconds into this podcast for you to mention foliage. So I'm impressed by you. On brand. But I'm really excited today because right before we started taping, Michelle, (laughs) we got just a gem, a gem of a gift. Your mother called, uh, Mrs. Smallman. She gave us a call. She called you about some things that were going on. And you put her on speakerphone because she wanted to talk to me. (laughs) And she referred to you as Shelly. She referred to herself as Shelly's mom. And I was like, this is unbelievable. Your mom has officially given the Shelly endorsement. So I'm fired up. Everyone, it's free game. You can just be called Shelly now. No, Steve, she did that to annoy me because she listens to the pod and she knows that you troll me with Shelly. So that was her trying to endear herself to you by calling me Shelly's mom. Well, she did because now, I mean, I loved your mom before, but now I love your mom even more because clearly she's great at jokes. And yeah, all right. The Shelly thing, listen, you're complaining because there are people in our mentions and people in the reviews calling you Shelly. It really is a term of endearment. It's a funny, stupid nickname. People say it to you because they like you because you don't really look like a Shelly. But that's the joke. The funny part of it is you are a Shelly. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is, Steve. You know, you've been dropping a Shelly here and there in the pod to to get under my skin. And people are picking up on it because (laughs) I tweeted the pod. Somebody replied and said, oh, a Friday gift from Shelly. I'm like, what the hell? Then in the reviews that we're going to get to later, the title of one, six six star Shelly. I'm like, (laughs) Yes. Midwest Shelly. What is with all this Shelly all of a sudden? I'm over it. It's a lot of people who love you and who know that it gets under your skin. That's how we know you listen to the show. If somebody calls you Shelly, you know that they're part of the Small Talk family. So shouts out. That's a good point. Those are our OGs. The people yeah. that call me Shelly know that it's an OG thing. Should we call? Me. We were trying to think about names that we could call the fans of this podcast. <laughs> What's an example? I don't know, like the Stoolies at Barstool. I know everybody doesn't like Barstool, but the Stoolies at Barstool or whatever. What if we just called our fans the Shellys? <laughs> I think it's a great idea. I kind of like it too. Like Timmy over there, he's an OG Shelly. <laughs> he's a, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. Long time, five year Shelly listener. He's a big, yeah, big deal. I think he's it's perfect. An he's an elite Shelly. <laughs> he's an elite Shelly. Yeah, top tier Shelly. <laughs> day one Shelly. Oh my God, I love day one Shelly. <laughs> yep, yep. I think we've stumbled onto something here. Okay, so leave us a review if you've been a day one Shelly. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts out to the worldwide Shellys out there, just just grinding. WWS in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. We got, all right, now we need to get t-shirts made. All right, this is a big opportunity for us. You know, I appreciate this, though. This is taking a negative and turning it into a positive. See, mm-hmm. this positive programming. There you go. And as I'm learning, things and life are all about attraction and energy and what you put out there and how you frame your mind. I've been doing a lot of work on taking negative thoughts and reframing it into something positive. For instance, it's very it, was, you. it is very me. Well, I've been reading a lot about it and there is something about the law of attraction. You attract what you're putting out there into the universe. So for instance, there was a bird that was outside my window. It would wake me up 4.30 a.m. every day. 
just Bummer. chirping, chirping, chirping really loud. And I have to get up at five anyway. So that extra half hour of sleep, crucial. Then one day I look out the window and I see that it's a cardinal, beautiful, beautiful red bird. Mm. So I just happened to Google it. I was like, all right, let's see what's up with cardinals here. So I Googled a cardinal and I found out rather quickly that cardinals are considered to be symbolic of the loved ones you had in your life that you lost that had passed away. So now when I hear the bird, I think it's my grandma. So I think it's my grandma being like, hey, what's up? Get up, have a great day. And so it's me positive programming. What was a negative is now a positive. It's a very sweet story. And I <laughs> hope it's true because it really is sweet, but there's no way. I remember one time we took a picture we had visited one of my grandmother's grave sites, right, with our family. And we took a picture for some reason, and there was like a massive orb in the picture. And all of my aunts were convinced that it was my grandmother hugging us all because it was touching all of us. And I'm just like, there's just no way that's true. But I get what you're saying. It's like the shocker of the universe and good vibes only, whatever. But ugh, I can't go down that road. First of all, it was your grandma. So she's pissed that she tried to say I wish it was. I wish I could believe her. it was. Well, did I ever tell you my story about the hearts with my grandma? No. Okay. So this is a sad story, but that ends up being a positive. So my birthday is August 13th. My grandma's birthday was August 11th. We were always birthday buddies. And Valentine's Day every year, we used to celebrate it as our half birthday. And she would always say that I was the big love of her life. So we would celebrate Valentine's Day. Wow, together. favorite child. Nice. Oh my gosh, for sure. Favorite grandchild, for sure. Uh, she made no qualms about it. <laughs> she told all the other kids. Oh my gosh, she was like, Michelle's the best. Michelle. Well, I was the first You guys one. are okay, but yeah, I mean, you're, I no, you're no Michelle. Yeah. Well, she used to babysit me all the time when I was younger, so we were thick as thieves. But um, so Valentine's Day was always our thing. We would do something together. And in 2015, I got really sick on Valentine's Day crazy flu. I was out of work. I literally didn't leave bed all day. And I woke up on the 15th and was like, oh shoot, I didn't call my grandma. So I called her on the 15th. She didn't pick up. My dad called me a little bit later and was like, hey, your grandma passed away. And I was devastated, not only because we were so close and she had passed away, but because I had this just overwhelming sense of guilt. Like, oh my God, the last day before she passed away was supposed to be our day and we didn't talk. And it was terrible. I was just beyond repair. I was so depressed about it and just could not stop crying for days. So we're getting ready to go to the funeral and I was getting ready kind of in this fog and I squirted some makeup on the counter. I put my brush in it. I was putting it on my face and I kept crying it off, crying it off. And I looked down in the makeup and there was a perfect outline of a heart, which I took as a symbol for her to be like, I love you, don't worry about Valentine's Day. Good. I tell my cousins about this and they're like, oh my God, it's so special. Now, everywhere we go, we see hearts that aren't supposed to be there, made out of something else, whether it's a piece of celery that looks like a heart or here, I'll show you one that I got the other day, that's crazy. They come to me all the time. They come to my cousins all the time. And you can't tell me that that is not her because I know it is from the bottom of my soul, Steve. I know I'm, that. Her. I, I'm not going to tell you it's not her. Like, look at I, this, Steve. I spilled something on a counter and it shows up like this. Come on. It looks like a heart. Yeah, it looks like a, it looks like a Minecraft heart, but it looks like a heart. Yeah, I can see and that. And this is when I was really sad one day and I looked down and it's there. But this is I mean, the that's difference. That's not normal. This is the difference between you and I, though. It would be so cool if that was true. It's not like I'm rooting for that not to be true. But logically speaking, I've actually read about this 
when you feel like you see things like that, or I remember my buddy, he wore number 47 in high school and he loved that number for some reason. It was his number and he used to see it everywhere. And then we started seeing 47 everywhere. Like, whoa, what's up with this number? 47 is in everything. But it's because your brain tricks you to think and associate that and you seek it out. If there's a group of random things, you're going to find the horror. You're going to find the number 47. That's how your brain works. So I'm not going to tell you, it very well could have been your grandmother, but it's also kind of a trick that your brain plays. This is pessimistic Steve right here. This is why nobody likes me. Well, you know how I'm going to debunk that theory? Because I didn't make it into a heart. I look down, it's a heart. It's there. It's her. It's fair. And you know what? You watch. Now that we've had this conversation, I'm going to get one tomorrow or tonight. As soon as we stop talking, she's going to be like, yeah, bitch, I'm going to prove to you that it's me sending the hearts. <laughs> yeah, tell Steve he's an idiot. And by the way, there's probably going to be like an orb when I look back at the video to be my grandmother. Yeah, exactly. And by the way, my grandma would have loved you, Steve, because you're Italian. I mean, you know, there's a lot to love. Listen, Italians, you're what, half Italian? I'm 75% yeah. Italian. Italians stick together. The blood thing, it's just those people are bride or freaking die. So I would love your grandmother too. She was straight off the boat from Italy from Cremona. And oh, when was I the best introduced people. Oh, the best. When I introduced her to my high school boyfriend, he was, you know, tall, dark hair, dark complected. And she says to him, are you Italian? And he's like, no, I'm German. She's like, are you Catholic? And he's like, yes. She's like, all right, we're good. Fifty <laughs> percent. All right, we we're not. It's not we're perfect, good. but nobody's perfect. There you go. I'm like, Grandma, can you not? And she's like, What? I need to know. I need to. I mean, but this was a woman that slept with the statue of Mary beside her bed until the day she passed. <laughs> my mother, I remember. I mean, if we're doing this story, my grandparents weren't straight off the boat, but I believe their grandparents and my great grandparents were. But when my mom was introduced to yeah, when my mom was introduced to my dad's family, my dad is 100% Italian, through and through. Saruti, Casal, Italian. Love my it. mom is 50%. Uh, she is 50% Italian, and she's 50% Slovenian, Yugoslavian. That country broke up, so we're kind of confused, but that area of the, of the world. And it wasn't like a deal breaker, but my dad's parents were concerned because my mom was not 100% Italian. Like it was kind of a thing. And she's 50% Italian. Her dad is fully Italian, but her mom wasn't. And that was like a thing. And that's like that old school that our grandparents lived up to. You married people within the same religion. You married people within the same ethnicity. Like it's weird how that worked out. And it's, it couldn't be more different today. But I couldn't believe that because my mom and my dad are like the perfect couple. And yeah. it was kind of like a problem at the start. You know what's crazy about that too? By the way, as I look behind me, this is her, Steve. That's Connie. <laughs> she looks like a grandmother. Also, she you with dark the, hair. Look at your hair. I know. This is my college. <laughs> I wish people could see this. This is my college graduation. <laughs> that is very, what, 2000, what, eight, Listen, nine? Steve, we don't even do <laughs> Yeah, don't, don't worry don't about it. it. Don't you worry about do it. Do the math yourself. Yeah, you figure it out. But um, what's crazy about that, too, is, you know, my grandma, obviously Italian, and there were certain things within our family that were very Italian. Sunday dinner, the way we, we put together. Too. Yeah, all those things. But in talking to her, her father, when they came over from Italy, was very much like, we're not speaking Italian in the home. We are not Italian anymore. We're American. We're speaking English. He very much wanted to ad adopt, I guess you yeah. could say, American culture. And so when I studied abroad in Italy and I started learning Italian, that meant so much to her because it was something when they were younger that they had to break. That It wasn't a shameful thing by any means, but they were certainly discriminated against. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, exactly. Italians, Irish people, when they came over, they were outcasts in a way. Oh, big time. I mean, that's why they group together. That's why there's a million Italians. We're in probably our hometowns or Boston yep. is super Irish like that people would just, it was the tribal mentality. 
Well, and I'm sure in most big cities, there's Little Italy or here, mm-hmm. over here, it's the hill or, you know, the Irish part of town is Dogtown. Um, yeah, they definitely group together. But I just thought that was so interesting that something that our family ended up taking so much pride in and our heritage was something when they first came over here was something that they tried to minimize. One quick story too, and my family's probably going to yell at me because I may get this slightly wrong, but I believe (laughs) it was my great, back then they would send people over on the boat to get married from Italy. People living in the United States, they would be like, okay, a girl who's like 16 or 17, 18 would come over on the boat and they'd have uh, arranged marriage set up for them basically to, and have a job situation set up as well. So I believe it was my great aunt Connie's maybe sister. You had a Connie too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, Connie yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Uh, Connie is a very Italian. Girl. Constance. Yep. Um, and so she, I believe it. I forget if it was her sister. Doesn't really matter. She came over. She was supposed to meet this guy who she was going to marry. Right. Turns out this is how crazy back in the day was. This is probably like the early 1900s, maybe I would say. Um, the guy who was supposed to meet her, her future husband, couldn't get off work that day because, I mean, that's not how work worked then. You just went to the yeah. factory and you did your job and there weren't the laws where you can take a day off today. So he couldn't work. So his brother showed up to wherever to pick her up from the boat and she thought that was her husband. And he was like, a really cute guy and was really attracted to him. Turns out he was more attractive than her actual husband, his brother. So there was some problems there. But uh, I just think that's such a wild story that she meets this guy her brother couldn't even get off work to meet his future wife as she's traveling, what, 3,000 miles across the Atlantic Ocean to meet this guy. He couldn't get off work and he wasn't as hot as his brother was. Yeah, that's a bummer. <laughs> I know, I know. But I think they were happily married. Who knows? Were they happily married or just too afraid to get divorced? There's a lot of fear factor in a lot of those arranged marriages as well. It's a marriage of convenience, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think they had kids and, and enjoy themselves. Well, that's good. Yeah, a lot of people of that era were like, hey, divorce is just not an option. So we're going to ride this yeah, out. Yeah, you fight through it. Yeah. Yeah, fight through it. Wait, speaking of that, Steve, over the weekend, I was out of town again. Midwest Michelle just cruising Classic. and checking off all the states. Yeah, you're hanging I- out with Jen Lotta. Yes, I went to Milwaukee, got to spend time with Jen and her family. Oh my gosh, she has such a beautiful family. Her kids are adorable. New show too, shout out to Jen. Yeah, shout out to Jen. If you're in Wisconsin, be sure to listen to her on the ESPN affiliate there, ESPN Milwaukee. She's on the new morning show, which is so exciting. But then after that, I popped down to Chicago. One of my girlfriends is pregnant and she's due, gosh, in like three weeks now and wanted to see her before the baby comes because I probably won't get to see her for a while after that and just visit some of my friends. And I saw Steve on Friday night and Saturday day engagements, back-to-back engagements. Whoa, like public? Public engagements. Restaurant? Well, I need it. I want to explain it to you. And you, as a guy who has done a proposal, Mm -hmm. who is now married, tell me what you think about these. I love this. I love this. I hope it wasn't at a, well, it couldn't have been at a sporting event because people can't go to sporting events, but I'm very much against those. Me too. Big time. Because if you are going to ambush a girl like that, if she's truly surprised, she's probably going to ugly cry. And that's really unfair for her to have to ugly cry on a jumbotron in front of 50,000 people. Also, I just feel like there's a better way to do it. But anyway, we've digressed. (laughs) (laughs) Also, it just sucks, so don't do it. Yeah. Uh, Actually, at the Battlehawks game, we had a guy that uh, proposed to his girlfriend there. It's not like a black and white thing for me. There are ways that I think it could be cool, but the Trishan will like put it up on the billboard and if he gets down on a knee and the camera goes over, I don't know. It's just, you know, it's been done. It's like every 90s movie, it's been done. And what if she says no or wants to say no? Well, they have had a couple, I believe, where you can find where they, they don't really say no, but they kind of, 
put the ring away and just like, hey, let's talk in private kind of thing. But I, I also feel like though. you're talking about fear. I'm sure there are plenty of people that have said yes. And then maybe the next day or two are like, hey, actually, I just didn't want to say no, uh, no to you in front of thousands of people. But actually, I don't want to get married to you. Yeah, that would probably be me. I would probably say, hey, yes. And then we yeah. get in the car and I don't make a scene. You don't know me at all. Yeah. If you just did this. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to put the put the chop on this one. Yeah. So <laughs> it's been a good about, run. About the ring. <laughs> Yikes. But anyway, okay. So engagement number one. Uh, my girlfriend and I went to dinner and in Chicago, the rules are really strict about dining. And a lot of the restaurants have taken the tables from the inside and put them outside. So these streets are blocked off and the tables are outside and very much separated from each other. Okay. You wear your, your mask at the table until you're not eating, protect everybody, all good. So we're sitting there and all of a sudden we kind of look over and there's some commotion going on and a guy gets up at the table, gets on his knee and proposes to the girl at this restaurant in this blocked off street area. So the only reason that I'm ordinarily, I don't know if I would love it, but I do feel like because of COVID and everything that's going on, what else are you going to do? Propose in your apartment? You know, right. I do kind of feel like I'm giving people some sympathy because of the state of the times we're in where that ordinarily wouldn't be something I would do, but what else are you going to do now? It's not like you can, you know, do the normal things that you would do. You're kind of limited to the options. So I don't hate it. I'll say that. It was really cool. I started filming it. And then ended up texting it to them. The table that was behind us sent over champagne and stuff, which was cool. But this is hilarious. So my girlfriend I was with had had, I feel like when we go out or do anything, I feel like a baby deer. I'm so unsure of everything. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of wobbly, you know, even just having cocktails, my body is not conditioned to drink. And she was the same. She had essentially been working from home. She and her boyfriend just got a place together. They have a dog together. They live together and they're going to get engaged soon. And we had just been talking about when she's going to get engaged, what's going to happen. Right and in her face. This couple gets <laughs> engaged. And as I'm filming it, you know, I'm not even really paying attention. I go back and listen. We're listening to the video. And as I'm filming it, I hear her behind me go, should have been me. Should have been me. <laughs> yeah, that could be a tough scene. That's a tough scene. But I texted it to them so that they could have. Oh, they have it on there. <laughs> so they have this jealous girl in the background being like, poo poo you. you. Screw your love. This was supposed to be me. This is a selfish situation. Seriously. You hear me being like, oh my God, she said yes, yay. And then my friend goes, should have been me. Should have been me. <laughs> I was like, don't worry, girl. It's going to happen soon. soon it's enough. going to you'll happen. Get, you'll find your day. Wow, that's crazy. That's it. So, okay. um, so thumbs up from you? Thumbs up. I can't give either of them a thumbs down unless this one's really, really bad because ordinarily that wouldn't be my play. I'll explain what I did later, but I don't know. I just, what are your options at this point? Well, Speaking you know, of think... rocks, did you see Patrick Mahomes' new fiance's rock? Oh my. Wow. It's like the size of my hand. It's very beautiful. Very Is beautiful. it though? It's, mm, I mean, it's not my style, but it is a very nice diamond. It's expensive, but it's like a rectangle. Who gets rectangle diamonds? I guess I you can't know. get a square because it would overlap on your fingers. It's that big. Well, I guess he got his Super Bowl ring that night and he wanted her to have something just very big and prominent to match his. If you're a teammate of Patrick Mahomes, are you giving him shit that he, on the night that they got all their rings, also gives his, his future wife a ring? I don't know. I feel like that is immediate ball busting in the locker room. He'll never live that down. Or is he Pat Mahomes and it's like, who cares? He's the best quarterback on earth. 
Yeah, I feel like if I'm a teammate of Patrick Mahomes, I'm like, great work, buddy. Keep it up. Keep whatever no, makes you happy. That's not how locker get in that rooms mental work, space. Though. That's not how locker rooms work, though. He 100% is going to get shit for that for a while. Because really? think about it. On the night that they get their rings, he proposes. Come on, dude. Do it a different day. No, but did you see the Instagram? He said ring season. It's ring season, Steve. I get the play. I get why it happened, but I don't know. Anyway, shout out to Patrick Mahomes. No hate here, but it just, I imagine that he is going to get made fun of for that. Well, I saw the caption, you know, we talked about it on the show today, and I saw the caption that she posted, and it was like, and on a night that was supposed to be about you, you made it about us. And it's always been about us and never just about one of us. You know, it was cute. Every single girl is going to love that. But again, he won the Super Bowl. He won the MVP. Like, it's okay to have a night about yourself. It's okay. You accomplish this amazing feat. Every other day, it could be about her. Well, don't you think the Super Bowl night and the Disney World night and all the other nights since have been about him? Ah, yes, but this is supposed to be the night for your team to get their rings. And I feel like he made it into something that's different. I'm not even hating on it. I feel like I am being a hater right now because I definitely am. But <laughs> I don't know. It just, it's not how I would have handled it. And I guarantee you there are people in the locker room that are like, mm, come on, dude, quit simping. <laughs> Whoa. You think that's some simp shit? I mean... Can you simp if you're engaged? I don't know. I don't know how that works. I'm not good enough with the definition. No, clearly you're not because you gave me the wrong definition of simp. Well, initially I did. (laughs) That is true. That is true. I did screw that up in the first place. No, I don't think you can simp if you're engaged and they've been together since high school. So it's definitely not simping. Yeah, but we used to call that whipped, right? Remember when dudes were whipped? I know guys that are married that are whipped. It's a bummer. Okay. Now that we're here, I don't think that guys Uh are whipped. (laughs) No, I guys are whipped. Guys that are dedicated to their relationship and dedicated to their wife or their girlfriend or whatever are probably pretty happy in their lives. And That's, other dudes want to project onto them. No. They're insecure about showing their love. So they're like, oh, you're whipped, bro. When really it's like, no, actually, you're probably a pretty considerate and caring partner. I, no, guys that are whipped, I traditionally think are afraid to stand up to their significant other. That's who I would think of. A guy who like, hey, we're going to grab beers tonight with the boys. You're not doing anything. And his wife's like, nope, you're not going out. And he's like, sorry, guys, can't go out tonight. That guy's whipped. That guy is not appreciative of his wife. That guy is afraid to disagree with his wife or his significant other. Or that guy really just wants to stay home and watch below. He doesn't though. He wants to get a beer with his friends. He wants to go watch the game at the bar and he can't because he's afraid. Or he wants to play FIFA with his friends, but his wife or girlfriend's like, "Mm, nope, not put the Knicks on that tonight. That guy's whipped. If you do it all the time, Mm. I get it. Like if you're always going to the bar with your friends, then yeah, it's a problem. But the whip guy is the guy that's afraid to ask his significant other if he could do things. I think that guy actually wants to stay home and he eat doesn't. takeout with his wife and watch Below Deck. I know he doesn't. He I just know doesn't want to tell you that. He just doesn't want to tell his buddies that. Hey, bro, really don't want to watch Monday Night Football tonight because that would nope. get him more grief than the nope. other thing. As a guy who has been whipped in the past, I could tell you that is 100% wrong. 100% wrong. I was I literally afraid. What? Go. You've yeah. been whipped? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, breaking news sounders. I uh, never thought that that would ever be the case. Well, for you. you didn't know me like in high school and early college. I always say this to my wife. It's a good thing you didn't because I was this cocky, probably annoying dude. But yeah, I was definitely whipped in my relationship early on in life for sure. I would lie about shit that like, I didn't need to lie about because I didn't, I was afraid to literally tell the truth that I was hanging out with my friends, but it also wasn't a great relationship if we're being honest. So it's not like it was just my fault or her fault. We probably shouldn't have been dating in the first place, but you know, she'd be like, hey, what are you doing tonight? I'm like, oh, I'll just hang out with the family. But in the meantime, I would be at my friend's house playing Madden, right? Because I'd Wait, be afraid to tell her that. that. That's the opposite of whipped. 
No, you but not, then, but then there are- Your way to not spend time with her is the opposite of being whipped. Being whipped is when you're lying to your buddy saying, hey, I have to go to bed early meeting and you're hanging out with the girl because she wants But I would to. do that too. But I would do that too. Because I so would- you're just I would, a liar. I, I would do it both ways because I was uncomfortable. I didn't know what to do. I didn't like the relationship I was in. It was a problem. I didn't know how to handle it. I couldn't just end it. But I would, yeah, I would be like to my buddies, be like, ah, oh, sorry, I can't go out tonight, like hanging out with her. Like she told me I couldn't do anything. It was a toxically bad situation. I say all that because I want to bring it back to it isn't just about them loving their wife. I know plenty of guys that want to play FIFA on a night, but they just can't because they know that their significant other is going to judge them for it. So they don't. You know what they say, Steve? Happy wife, happy life. So really, they're just concerned about their quality of life because they know, hey, if I stay home and I cook this Chinese chicken salad with my wife, she's going to be happy and I'm going to get some benefits from it. And therefore, we as a collective us are happier than me playing FIFA on a Monday night and catching heat from her all the time. I agree with you, but I also believe that you're allowed to have some personal time. I think the one thing that Maddie, that works for Maddie and I super well, is she knows that I need my me time, right? And I think there are plenty of guys that need their me time, but they're not afforded that because they're afraid to stand up for their significant other. Right, but there's a difference between, hey, this is some me time and hey, we're doing FIFA three nights a week. Well, three nights a week is aggressive. Maybe just like one night a week. It's okay for you to have a dude's night. It's okay for you to enjoy something. It doesn't have to be FIFA. It could be reading a book. It could be watching a game. It could be whatever. And there are definitely dudes out there that'll be like, nope, whatever the wife says or whatever the girlfriend says, I'm afraid of being broken up with. Right. So he values his relationship and he values the woman more than he values mm. his buddies. And I think as you get older, that's normal. As you get into your 30s and 40s, you should want to spend more time with your wife and your family than playing video games. That's normal. I'm going to agree to disagree with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a healthy balance. There is a healthy balance. But You'll never con not convince me that there are guys that are afraid of their significant others. They are. Do you think they're afraid of them because the significant other is intimidating? Or do you think they're afraid of them because they don't want to break up because they don't want to be alone? Both. But more the latter. More the latter. People are afraid to be alone. Really. Yeah, I get it. I'm just saying. Like, people don't understand, especially people that have been in relationships or are in relationships, to go to not being in a relationship is the ultimate shock. You know, you're used to having a companion and you're by yourself. That's the ultimate, whoa, my life is totally different. And people can't handle that. People will be in bad relationships just because they don't want to be alone. And that's sad. As someone that's been in both, that has been an adult that's had solo time and that's been an adult that's been in a relationship, solo time's awesome. I love solo time. I told you, one of my favorite pastimes of all time is going to a movie by myself with a big bowl of popcorn. It's genuinely one of the happiest feelings of my life. And it's also nice to just not have to check in with anybody ever. Mm -hmm. You know, you can say, hey, all right, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to make this salad or whatever. And then I'm going to watch the Cardinals game and then I'm going to bed. That's what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. Rather than being like, hey, babe, I'm going to go to the gym. Then can you please swing by the grocery store? We can cook together, but I need to watch the game. It's just constantly checking in with someone. Now, when you're super into them, you want to do all those things together, then it's not a chore. But sometimes when you're solo, it's just nice to be able to plan things out the way you want them to be planned. I will say that when Maddie goes away or something or goes out with her friends at night or, you know, is on a trip for a long weekend or something, I have every hour of that weekend planned out. I know everything I'm going to do. I'm going to do all the things that I can't do when she's around. I'm probably going to go to Chick-fil-A. I'm probably going to play a bunch of FIFA. I'm just going to be like this totally different human being. And then you just get all of those vices out of the way. And then when your wife comes back, then it's all good. You know, you just go back to 
asking her what show she wants to watch and not watching anything on Netflix because you can't decide. I love that your vices are video games and Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I feel like they're pretty good vices. So. Yeah, I mean, and she's probably like, hey, why did you go to Chick-fil-A without me? She, yeah, actually, my, my wife is pretty cool. I did luck out. What's up? But uh, yeah, shout out, Maddie. She's so she would be like, why did you get me a six-piece nugget? What the hell? You're selfish. Yeah, and throw some Polynesian sauce in there while yeah, you're at some, it. Yeah, get some zesty buffalo over at a ranch. Come on, what are we doing? Okay, so speaking of that, let's go to the second engagement. So your girl Steve had back-to-back boat weekends. I had Shocker. another boat day on Saturday. <laughs> Chicago, playpen, what's up? It was amazing. My friend that I was talking about, her boyfriend's friends have a boat, and they were like, yeah, let's go out. It's going to be an awesome time. So we're in the playpen, which is an area where the boats, they used to all tie up, but because of COVID. I think I, was that where we, I think I was there. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Remember when we were in Chicago and oh, we, we went on that on boat? A, oh, we did go on a boat. I don't think you oh, were Oh, I wasn't there. with you. I wasn't we, with you. We did one of those like boat tours friend. where we went up and down the river and we were drinking oh. and you're pedaling. Is that where I'm talking about or no? Uh, did you go on the architecture tour? I don't know. I was pretty drunk to be honest with you. I don't remember. I mean, there was definitely architecture around. <laughs> So my friends, quick aside, one time checked me on the architecture tour and you can definitely drink on it. And the only thing I remember is they're pointing out, they're like, oh, this building was designed by this famous architect. And this building over here was one of the first buildings that was constructed after the fire, the great Chicago fire or whatever. And they're like, and this is the aqua building. And someone behind me goes, Lady Gaga lives in the Aqua Building. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? I don't... Well, she was uh, dating that guy that was on Chicago Fire. So she spent a lot of time oh, in Chicago. That's the only thing I remember from the entire Chicago architecture tourist. Lady Gaga lived in the Aqua Building. It's a big deal. Big deal. Big deal. But okay, so we're on a boat. All of a sudden we look over and there's this boat over yonder. And there's a man and a woman at the very front of the boat. What's that called? The bow of the boat? Sounds right. Yeah. I have no idea. I don't know my stern. boat. Stern. The stern. We'll just call it. I have no idea. Starboard. They're on the starboard side. We'll stop port and starboard to left and right, but let's go with bow. Which Sounds one's good. left? Which one's right? I think port is left, starboard's right. I could be making that up. Okay. So they're at the front leaning port side. Nice. We'll just say it that way. Heavy port side. And um, I we hear all this commotion of people being like, oh my God. And so we look up and there's this woman sitting on the boat with Steve, the biggest bouquet of red roses I've ever seen in my life. I'm literally talking this big, circular. She could barely hold it with two hands. And the guy is down on one knee. Now the boat is filled with what looks like friends and family. And I look over and there's a guy, like a professional guy taking pictures. And so she obviously said, yes, they all hugged or whatever. All the boats start tooting their horns and we're like, yay, congrats. Again, I try to take a video. I'm like, I'm never gonna talk to these people. I don't know why I have this. But I thought, that's a good engagement because you're on a boat. Boat days are always the best days. She clearly didn't know it was coming because she seemed very surprised. And you're with all your friends, all your family. And he planted a photographer there that was probably hanging out underneath. So you get the photos. Incognito. Nice. Incognito. And he's got the flowers and, you know, some props there for her. I thought it was well done. Well done. Then you got a couple of randos on the boat though. You cool with the randos on the boat like you that are just bystanders in this or would you want it to be just your family only? I would be weirded out by doing it in front of people I didn't know. No, I was on another boat. I was Oh, this was their boat? boat? Oh, yeah, this was their great own idea, boat. Then. Great it was a big idea, boat. Then. It was a big boat. So it held family and friends. I think maybe like 40, 50 people were on the boat. It was, pr- it was a big boat, like a two-story boat. Not two stories, but. A little more expensive than the first one, but this one takes the cake. That is pretty cool. Yeah, I thought so too. And then I was just going to say, you have all these boats that are kind of celebrating with you, like tooting their horns and saying, yay. And 
you know, it was just, it felt personal because they were on the boat with their friends and family and with each other, but it was kind of a cool thing to see other people celebrate them as well. I think I've told you my proposal, but for people, I don't know if I've ever said it on the air, but I helped you plan it. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Actually, you were probably the one person I talked to. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You were the person that, that was probably the one person that I wanted to get advice from because I needed a girl's perspective or a female perspective on what exactly I should do. But I didn't want to do mine in front of people. I didn't want to do it in public. I didn't want to do the photographer deal either. I just felt like we could take pictures after. Not that it's bad to get a photographer, but I didn't find it really necessary. But my wife, fiance at the time, Maddie, is obviously like we're obsessed with our dog. We had Mumford at the time. He was much smaller then. And I proposed to her by putting a collar with a sign on Mumford's neck that said, will you marry me? And it was the day that we were closing on our current house. And so Maddie was in the house getting some stuff straightened out, moving maybe some boxes in or whatever. So I grabbed Mumford, rang the front doorbell. And then when she opened it up, Mumford was there with the sign. I had flowers down on one knee. Boom. Mumford did not handle it super well, though. He got too excited, started running around, did not play it cool whatsoever. I'd probably give him a C minus, but that was my story. And I liked it because obviously, Maddie, we were obsessed with the dog. We just bought this house, but I would have just been weird if I was around people. I would have been weird if there was a photographer. Like, I couldn't be cool in that situation. I needed to be completely anonymous, completely in a situation that was just the two of us. And it worked out all right, but I guess we don't have any photographic evidence that it happened, other than the fact that we are married. I was going to say, I think you're good. I think, <laughs> yeah. people, I think people understand you're together. She does have the ring. But be honest with me. Did you play it cool? Yeah. Or were but, you really nervous? I was definitely nervous, but I forget how I convinced her because I had to take Mumford and go somewhere and set this whole thing up and then bring him back. I kind of forgot how I did that, but I was cool. Maddie definitely was surprised when it happened and didn't realize that, that, that I was doing anything weird when I came back because I would just showed up, rang the doorbell. I'm sure she was like, why the hell is he ringing the doorbell? That's weird. Maybe the door's locked. But um, she was definitely surprised and definitely liked it. I remember you guys called me afterwards. I was What's up? shocker <laughs> driving to the city yeah. and I hadn't even met Maddie yet. And I felt like I knew her obviously because of you and because everything you told me about her, I knew that I would love her. But I just remember you guys on speaker being like, yay. And she was like, thank you for helping him plan it. It was so <laughs> good. And I was like, yes, I'm so proud of Steve that he executed this to perfection. Oh, and I even tell this part of the story too, is that I had always joked with Maddie that I was going to get her a ring pop instead of an actual ring, which is ridiculous because you can only buy bags of 20 ring pops for whatever reason. So I went to Walmart and we still have it in our, in our cabin. I think it's like 20, literally a bag of 20 ring pops. So I also proposed to her with a ring pop instead of an actual ring right away, but I had the ring in my back pocket. No big deal. But that's really funny. I think I, like I did. All right. Personal touch. I like exactly. Personal but any, anytime you go with a dog, it's going to be great. You can't screw up proposing with a dog. No, you can't. Especially a dog as cute as Mumford. And Maddie is obsessed with Mumford, so. Totally. Okay, so I do have one other boat story for you, if that's all Love right. It. I mean, I, ex I only expect boat stories from you, so. Oh, this was probably my last boat moment of 2020. Yep, soak it in. It was so sad when I deboarded the boat. It was but like, wow. But here's the thing is like, amazing. maybe next summer will be better, though. Let's hope that next summer will be full of boats and people not social distancing and being able to actually have a real boat summer. So there's something to look forward to. Well, I have come to the conclusion that I think I could live on a boat, like a houseboat. You know how some people just live on a boat? It's just their deal. If I could scrape together enough capital, I bet I could buy a boat, live on a boat and do my show from the boat. As long as I had Wi-Fi on the boat, I could do my show from anywhere. I've always wondered though, when people live on the boats, do they go anywhere? Because those boats are pretty stationary though, aren't they? They're just docked all the time. Or do you yeah, travel to different right. places and do, because it would be cool 
if you would be in a different city, like, all right, one night you'd be, you know, on the East coast, you just travel down the East coast and you dock at a different place every night. And you're just this nomadic boatsman. It's like, who's this person? I don't know. They just stopped by tonight and they, they just travel the world in their boat. That would be kind of sick, but I'm pretty sure, I feel like all the boats, the boat houses that I've seen have been just people living in a stationary boat. It's basically like living on land, but not really. I also could drive a boat probably, but I could never navigate a boat. I would never know how to get from point A to point B. I would be lost at sea pretty quickly. I mean, I would be as well. I mean, there's no way, especially if it's like a sailboat, which I would never get a sailboat. That seems infinitely complicated, but I, uh, no navigation. I'm a terrible navigator. So I would be inside. I would be going straight East. I would be going straight towards Europe thinking that I was going South and I would be in the middle of the ocean stranded. Straight port side. Straight port, all port. <laughs> Steve, huge port guy, huge Big port, port guy. guy. No, no starboard, no. No, okay, so here's the story. So there was a guy in a boat, and we're talking about the podcast, and he's like, oh, I've got a story for your podcast. I'm like, all right, what's up? He's like, well, I was on people.com when I was in college. I'm like, for what? He's like, well, I went to college in Wisconsin, and me and my buddies, a bunch of us lived in this house. And uh, one night, we got a little banged up, and we went to this website called repdbid.com and we bought an alligator. We bought an alligator. And I guess they had kind of not thought it would be real or whatever. And one day they get knock at the door, the doorbell rings, whatever. They open it. There's a box sitting outside their front door. They open it up inside. It's like coiled up with something over its, what is it? The snout or the, yeah. the mouth, mouth, whatever it's yeah. called. Yeah. It's, it's wrapped up and it's the gator. And they're like, oh. So it was like a baby. It was at the time. Okay. A little, a little bit bigger than a baby, I think. And they're like, oh my God, this is real. The gator has arrived. So they had to go to Home Depot or something and they get the heat lamps and kind of one of those low beds with rocks. It's a, a terrarium, terrarium, yeah. whatever that's called. They essentially build a habitat for the gator to live inside their pantry. So you can imagine word gets out, hey, these dudes that live on Oak Street or whatever bought a gator. And they said it became the most popular thing on campus that all these people, all these girls wanted to come by and like take pictures with the gator, which by the way, guess what they named the gator? Uh, where it was Wisconsin? I don't know. Whiskey? No, good guess though. They named it Cuddles. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. Just when I think of a gator. Exactly. <laughs> cuddles, late night, late night cuddle session. Yeah. That cuddles the gator. Okay. That seems super illegal, first and foremost, I would say. Most definitely probably is. So the gator starts growing. He showed me all these pictures of his, of his buddies wasted shirtless holding the gator as the gator is growing, you know? It's like one picture of the gator is the size from like, you know, their head to their sternum. The next picture is like the head to their hip. You know, the gator is getting bigger and living in the house. So he was telling me how the landlord kind of hated them because they were rowdy. They were always having parties and they weren't supposed to have certain things. They weren't supposed to have kegs and the guy would always catch them having kegs. So they were really close to getting kicked out. So one day they were playing some game or whatever and they broke the window and the landlord is banging on the door being like, Hey, you guys broke the window. I need to talk to you. And they're like, we've got to hide the gator. Like <laughs> This guy. First and foremost. Yeah. We can't have the hide. wild animal in our house. <laughs> Yeah, this guy comes in and he catches whiff of this gator, we're out. So they hide the gator underneath a dude's bed. 
And the guy walks in and he sees the pantry and the heat lamps and he's like, what's going on here? And they're like, oh, you know, an experiment. What I, I forget what the excuse was, but he's yelling at them about the window, all of this stuff. And as soon as he leaves, the gator walks into the living room. So they were this close to getting busted then. And so they thought at this moment, we got to get rid of this gator. We got to get rid of him. We're going to get caught and we're going to get kicked out of not only this house, but probably get kicked out of school. And you get arrested for that too, probably, right? Yeah, they're like, this is going to be a problem. So they head to reptybid.com again. They post cuddles. Someone buys cuddles immediately. As we know from Joe Exotic, the exotic animal. It's wild. Scene no pun intended. Is wild. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So somebody snaps up cuddles like this. So they package him up. They wrap his mouth with duct tape. They make sure he's, that he's fed before or whatever. And they take him to the mail. They ship him out. A day or two later, they get a knock at the door and it's the cops and somebody from the mail company. And I don't know if the landlord was there as well, but inconsequential. Hold on, you can't just ship a gator in the mail. I feel like- the gator ate through the duct tape and then ate through the box. And so they're getting, they're sorting it through the mail and they look and there's a gator head peeking out of the box. Holy shit, that is more ridiculous than I even thought it could possibly get. They literally thought they could just go to UPS or FedEx and ship a gator. Uh, don't worry, it made not only the student news, it made the local news, it was on people.com, it was a big story. So let me just read you the first paragraph. A four-foot alligator chewed its way out of a shipping carton at the Milwaukee Post Office before a worker tossed it into a hamper and called local animal control officers. Officials said someone had put the alligator in a carton to ship it from Milwaukee to Colorado. Employees at an airmail facility were sorting mail Friday when they noticed the alligator. Um, a Marquette University student was held responsible. He told the reporter he had the creature at his residence before deciding it had to go. They tried to tape the mailbox closed on Friday, but the alligator bit it open and it came out. Oh, it was animal control, I guess, that showed up at the house. The alligator will be at a Milwaukee area domestic animal control for seven days before being shipped to a Northern Illinois sanctuary. Oh, all right. So it has a happy ending. That's good. I was going to say, because who was this shady person that bought cuddles from them and then wanted it shipped to this to his house? I just right. can't imagine the stupidity. I mean, obviously, of buying a freaking wild animal like an alligator. But then to also, as it grows to four feet, put it in a cardboard box, duct tape its mouth, and just think that's going to be okay. Yeah. I've done I some know. dumb shit in college. That is, that's pretty dumb. But when dudes get together in college, it's like they live out their childhood fantasies. You know, whether it's playing video games all night long or orchestrating some epic beer pong tournament or buying an inflatable pool and filling it with jello. It's like all these crazy ideas you've had as you were younger. You think, hey, we're living alone. There's no parents here. And we've got the capital to do some of this yeah. stuff. Who's going to tell Probably inebriated no? a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine there's a little lubrication influencing these decisions. But Girls don't really do that. We're like, hey, let's work out or do this or that. And then our neighbors next door are like, hey, yo, we bought a gator off reptybid.com. Want to come check out Cuddles? Yeah, but then all the girls are interested in it. So it proved their point, right? Every girl wanted to go over and, and see Cuddles. And I'm sure those guys hooked up with a bunch of girls because they had a gator. It's the same yeah. thing as when guys get puppies in college. The only reason you get a puppy in college is because you want all the girls to talk to you. Sure, Steve, but I'm not going over to the Sig Kai house to shack there and wake up when I know there's a gator in the house. Yeah, but that's because you're a little bit, you're classy. We all know that there are <laughs> girls in college. That, doesn't matter. We all know that there are girls in college that do not give a fuck and are 100% 
going to hook up with the guy with the gator, period. And they're not going to think about the safety and whether or not the thing's going to wake up next to them. They don't care. The guy's got a gator. He's probably the coolest dude on campus. I don't think because you buy a gator off the internet that makes you the coolest dude on campus. I mean, it's pretty hard not to be cool if you have an alligator. I'm just saying. Think Did about it. Did you watch Tiger King? Yeah. They had to- gators there. Totally different, but they were obsessive, weird, wild animal people. I'm sure these guys are clowns, right? And everyone thought they were funny. They weren't Joe Exotic, where they had like 100 tigers hanging out and they were kind of sociopaths. These guys accidentally bought a gator. They didn't accidentally buy a gator. They sought it out on RemptyBid.com. And yeah, Steve, but- there's... There's always a gateway animal. There's always, oh, hey, I bought one tiger cub and now I have Yo, a you're saying that of exotic this, animals. So you're oh, saying they're going to maybe get gator. two gators. Yeah, I bought a gator drunk and now all these girls are coming over. The next thing you know, they've got spider monkeys crawling all over the house. There's always a gateway animal. Would you ever buy... I'm trying to think if I would I'm ever... I'm going to stop would, you there. The answer is no. <laughs> no, see, I think it would be cool. I wouldn't buy a gator because gators are scary. I mean, alligators are terrifying looking prehistoric dinosaur looking creatures i wouldn't want one no matter you. what and yeah it could kill you and not when they're really not big. when they're young but when they're old but you don't think though that that thing could one day get big enough to chew through the pantry and you're sleeping in a bed and the next thing you know chomp it takes off your leg i mean yeah it could I, well yeah you're probably right i mean either way if they bite you it's probably going to be a bad situation but yeah. how have they not invented probably because it would be illegal and animal control and and everyone would be upset about it but wouldn't it be cool to have a bear cub for a little bit? I want a bear cub. I think that'd be fun. I wouldn't want it to be big because that would be a huge problem. But bear cubs, they're just kind of like little dog-cat hybrids. I would love a bear cub around. And no, that you could name cuddles because they probably would cuddle with you. Until their claws got big and it attacked you. I'm good on exotic animals. I can barely handle the dog I do have. I mean, I don't want one for life, but I do feel like it would be cool to raise a cub, a bear cub. You want to foster a cub? Maybe, Yeah. But then I want to give it away and have it live at a sanctuary, but then I can go visit it and maybe he'll remember me and we can be friends. Who knows? I don't know. I think you're simplifying this. I think you're thinking, oh, it'd be so cute. It would just pat around the house. I would give it some honey and we'd be cool. We would just kiki in the living yeah, room. Yeah, it's Winnie the Pooh, Yeah, that's not what a bear is going to do. A bear is going to get demanding and hungry and claw at you. And bears are fast. Bears are my bears are sick. My favorite animal. Love bears. Bears Uh, are your favorite animal? Yeah, bears are massive. They look cool as hell. They've got cool paws. The silhouette of a bear is awesome. Yeah, bears easily my favorite animal. They catch fish out of a stream. Come on. What's not to like about a bear? I thought that a dog would be your favorite animal. Well, no, I mean I'm talking about wild animals. What do you think mine is? Wild animal? Yeah. Probably something weird, like a lemur. I don't know. A lemur. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like you would think it was cute, sloth. Something like that. A sloth, Steve. A sloth. Yeah. Because you, I think you would think they were chill. Sloths are kind of cool looking. Are they? I don't picture you as a big cat person. Like you're not, like, what's her name? Uh, Carol yeah, Baskin. Good. Who's going to be on Dancing with the Stars, by mm. the way, competing against Nelly. Well, I'll say this. If I already wasn't going to watch it, I'm definitely watch, not watching it now. <laughs> Keep your distance, Nelly. You know what she's capable of. But you're incredibly wrong. If I'm going to the zoo, there's only one thing I want to see, and that's the lions. Oh, see, I'm not a cat. Well, you think I'm a cat person, but I wouldn't want a big cat. Big cats are, mm, they're messy. Mm, not a fan, not a fan of big cats. Plus then okay. everybody thinks you're the tiger king. Uh, well, no, I'd be the lioness or the lion queen. And lions are the kings of the jungle. They have amazing hair. They nap all the time, but then when they get pissed off or hungry, they can strike. It's basically 
everybody knows that you're the shit and you don't have to put that much effort forth. And then when you do have to flex, you show everyone what you're capable of. Did you see the video of the lion probably like in South Africa or something that was just casually walking through traffic that was going viral the other day? I'm like, that is the most badass thing. There's cars everywhere. Everyone's in traffic. And all of a sudden this big ass lion comes out of nowhere and just struts. And when I say struts, it was like, this is my domain. Y'all can fuck off. It was just walking in and out of traffic, looking around, being like, yeah, somebody try me right now. It was majestic and it was cool as fuck to watch. And I was intimidated through the screen. And that's why lions are the best. Yeah, it's hard to argue with a lion, but I would still go with a bear. But you would never buy one, so I get we're not quite that crazy. Who would win in a fight, a lion or a bear? Oh, a bear, easily. Bears are huge. Bears are huge. They're super strong. Um, what? Bears can, basi- lion- bears can use their hands. Bears are almost like people. They can basically grab things. Lions can't grab anything. Stand by. Who would win in a fight? It's easily We need Ron McGill here. A bear's got like 500 pounds on a lion, first off, too. It's not even a fair fight. It'd be like Manny Pacquiao fighting, I don't know, Muhammad Ali. It's not a fair fight. Wow. Okay. Considering the unavoidable size differences between the two, the bear should be a hot favorite to win any battle with a lion. The average grizzly bear can easily tip the scales at 660 pounds, Mm -hmm. making it well over a third heavier than a large lion at 400 pounds. Wait, Google this. Now I'm interested. Now we're on this rabbit hole. If you take humans out of the equation, what animal do you think is like top of the food chain that would win in any fight? If you had like a fight club for animals, and there's a bracket. Who wins the bracket? Who wins the March Madness of animal fighting? I want to even know who are the four, the four top seeds. Who are the four number one seeds? I mean, bears got to be there, right? How could a bear not be there? And then, you know, then the other thing is, do you include water animals? Obviously, if you put a bear in the water and a shark is there, a shark's going to win. That's not fair. Gorilla? Mm, I feel like a bear would wreck a gorilla. Okay. A lot of people are saying an elephant. No way. Elephants. They're slow. I mean, maybe the armor is kind of there. They're like tough to break down. But what are their fighting techniques other than just sitting on you? Should we get a zoologist on? Should we get Ron McGill on? I know. I I feel like we need to copy the Levitar show, guys. By the way, shouts out to Mike Ryan, I believe. I think he named me as the second hottest radio producer ever on the show today. What? So didn't expect that. I got a couple of tweets about that. Yeah. I think Kyle Brandt was number one, which I mean, Kyle Brandt didn't even know he was a producer, but shouts out to him because he is super hot. Uh, but I was number two. I'll take number two. <laughs> shouts out to Mike Ryan. Oh my God, Steve. Congratulations. I know. It's a big honor. I know. It really is. Of all time. Yeah. That's like, I mean, I don't know how this came up, but I got a bunch of Twitter mentions about it today. We've got to go back and listen to the podcast. You were named number two hottest radio producer of all time. This is huge. Put that in your bio. In my defense or in everyone's defense, radio producers typically aren't hot. So I feel like it's not a great pool to come from, but I'll take it. Honestly, I'll take the compliment. Last week, your friend JD wanted me to be the model. And this week, I'm you know the second hottest radio producer. I feel like things are on the uptake for me. This is huge, huge news. I cannot wait to listen to that podcast. I think we need to make a bigger deal out of this. I think maybe we need to talk to Mike Ryan, have him come on the pod, explain why he made the choice of why Kyle Brandt is hotter than you. This Kyle Brandt's is, pretty good looking dude. I'm not going to lie. He's a good looking yeah, dude. Yeah, but is he really a producer though? That was my question. Like, does he count? Because if not... Yeah, I'm not trying to diss him, but he, he was talent forever. I agree. I didn't even know he was in the category. It's almost like if you threw Denzel Washington into the TV producer or movie producer category, he's known for being an actor. He may have produced some things, but he's not a producer. Like, come on. Right. Number two on Mike Ryan's list, Steve, number one in our hearts. Number exactly. Our hearts. Thank you. Thank you. The Shelleys will have my back. Oh, Jesus. <laughs>
Oh my God, please, Steve. Number the Shelleys will rally around you and the Shelleys will. will get you to number one. I demand a reseating here. I demand a recount because I have some grievances I would like to file here. I don't think he's technically a producer. I actually don't know his resume. He very well could have been, but I'm of course going to ride for you, my partner in crime here. You've got to you. get number one. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, back to, by the way, I'm really? Googling animal things now. Really quickly, and, go ahead. Do, you think, do you think that your man bun is what catapulted you to number two? I do know that they have talked about my hair before and Mike Ryan, Stu Goss have talked about my hair. So yes, I do think that had a lot to do with it. Unfortunately, nice. I don't have that anymore though. So it doesn't really count as a positive for me. Your hair still looks great. Okay, back to animals. I just Googled what animal is best at fighting and I, a list of the top 10 strongest animals came up. Number one is a dung beetle. What? A dung beetle is not only the world's strongest insect, but the world's strongest animal on the planet compared to its body weight. So that's kind of stupid. Um, number two is a rhinoceros beetle, mm. which I didn't even know that existed. Oh, See, this beetle. sucks because it's in relation to their strength. Other notable animals on this list, gorilla is the highest. Tigers See? on there, elephants on there. How is a bear not on there? That seems insane to me. I feel like bears just bench press stuff all the time. I'm telling you, I did a quick Google search and the two things that consistently came up were elephant and gorilla. Hmm. Let's ask the Shelleys, what would win in a fight, a gorilla or a bear or an elephant and a bear? I'm, I'm taking a bear in both of them. A full grown grizzly bear? Have you seen the Revenant? Come on. No, I haven't. Oh, uh, well then you should see it because basically, I mean, it's not really fair because the bear just absolutely destroys Leonardo DiCaprio. So a bear versus a human, that's not a fair fight. What are we talking about? But he does wreck Leonardo DiCaprio in that movie. Does Leo survive? Spoiler alert, he does. That's so like the did. whole movie. So does and, the bear really win? Uh, the bear definitely won because the guy was marred for life and had terrible scarring and it's probably not well. And honestly, it was a movie, so there's no way we'd have survived that. Although maybe that was based, I don't think it was based on a true story. I could be wrong. Anyway, I'm going to take a bear. Well, I have a feeling that I'm going to spend a lot of time tonight deep diving on this on the internet. Speaking of deep diving on the internet, that's a great segue by you. I was on this weird wormhole last night on Instagram of different objects being crushed by a hydraulic press. And I must have watched hundreds of videos of this one YouTube account, or I'm sorry, of this one Instagram account. They would put different things under the press. They put like a hamburger or like a glass bottle or a computer or a donut, all these different things. And they would just have a hydraulic press come down and clamp it and crush it. It was mesmerizing. I must have watched it for over an hour of just different things being crushed. And it got me thinking, what is the one thing where you have gone on this massive wormhole deep dive into where hours have passed and you're just like, oh my God, I can't believe I've just consumed all this knowledge. Um, I don't know if I would consider it knowledge, but I did spend a significant amount of time, I believe it was Sunday night, whatever the VMA night was, watching old Britney Spears VMA performances. Mm. Because listen, all of these acts, aside from Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga that are on the VMAs, I'm not hip to them anymore. I don't know who any of these groups are or any of these singers are, but I do know that the VMAs will never be as cool as they were when Britney Spears was a peak performer. That's a good one. And it's honestly not very surprising. I've definitely done a ton of musical ones on YouTube where I'll go down like a Led Zeppelin thing or like a Justin Timberlake thing where it's like, oh, I'll just watch. Because they're so clever in the way that they just, oh, next video. Oh, of course I want to watch it live at freaking whatever. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, of course I'm going to watch up. this. Oh, coming up next, Britney Spears Slave for You, VMAs. You're like, hell yeah, we will be watching. But by the way, I just want to get your side reaction to this. 
Because when I was watching Britney Spears doing Satisfaction and the nude bodysuit or watching her do Slave being like, oh my God, my mind is blown. You are the peak pop star of the world. I love you. What was baby Steve doing when he was watching Britney Spears do that? I don't know. I was never super into Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera, that whole group, or Jessica Simpson, or Man- who else it was in that? Mandy Moore. It was like that whole group of people who were like pop stars at the same time. Obviously, Britney was the queen, but I was never super into her for whatever reason. Not that I didn't think she was attractive. Obviously, I did, but I don't know. Her music to me was always just like, meh. And then when she started doing like, this stuff later, when she like kind of became weirdly edgy and a little bit EDM, toxic and all that, that's kind of when I started getting into, into Britney Spears. Toxic was great. You didn't have a Britney poster on your walls is what you're telling me. I did not. No, I would have, I would have been more likely, to be honest with you, I would have been more likely to have a Justin Timberlake poster on my wall than a Britney Spears uh, poster on my wall, which may be a little bit weird, but I was always team Justin too, by the way. So as soon as that thing went south, cry me a river after that, boom, she was dead to me. Oh yeah. I mean, when that video came up and she was in the pink hat and the fairy was in the door and nope. he was like, we Done. are calling you out girl for cheating with his friend, with Wade Robson, the choreographer. You don't yeah. do that. Here's the thing though. It's, it ended up obviously working out for Justin because he's Justin freaking Timberlake and her career has kind of taken a weird spiral downhill since then, but it was and cool. her life. Yeah, in her life. Yeah. You could argue that she may be, you know, being held hostage in her own house right now. Who knows? Free Britney, hashtag free Britney. But in the video for Cry Me River, when he gets the lookalike for her, wow. If you're talking drama in the mid 2000s, wow. That was peak drama. Oh my God. That was me running home from school to pop in the tape to record TRL. <laughs> yeah. That was me at the grocery store being like, mom, we have to buy Us Weekly. We have to buy it. And she's like, absolutely not. I'm like, please. Do you see? It's like, Justin on the one side, Brittany on the other. And it was the zigzag, like the paper was tearing and it was like, we're breaking up. I was like, what? They were, of course, my favorite celebrity couple of all time. That was so crazy when they broke up. Do you think there's an alternate universe? Because I love science and alternate universe talk where they never broke up. She never cheated. And they're still together today. And they're like this massive couple, the most worldwide known couple in all of humanity. Cause I kind of feel like that could have been a thing. Maybe they were going towards that. And maybe Britney's whole life and career would be totally different. Now she wouldn't have had the crazy, what was it? 2007 thing where she shaved her head. Was it 2007? Yes. I was look at me remembering the year. What's up? Maybe she never has that phase in her life. Maybe she's not being held hostage in her own house. Maybe she's super normal. Doesn't have the whole thing in Vegas. I want to know what a normal Britney Spears would be like. Although you could argue that her childhood and the way that she was brought up, there was no way she was going to be normal. Yeah, I don't think there would have ever been a normal life for her if we're going down this specific path. But I will say, post-Justin, that's when things immediately started to go downhill. K-Fed, right? What are we doing? Um, Popo's out. Why are we interested in dancing uh, and dating dancers, choreographers? What is the deal? I mean, maybe they have good bodies. I don't know. Listen, not only did she date dancers, she also dated celebrities. Remember, there was the whole Colin Firth era. There was the Fred Durst era. She dated Colin Firth? Or Colin... Like the British guy? Colin, you're thinking of... <laughs> you're thinking of Colin Farrell. Oh, okay. Because Colin Firth is the last... We're talking about the King's Speech Colin, Colin Firth, <laughs> the old British man. <laughs> it was definitely Colin Farrell. <laughs> I love Colin Farrell, so that's interesting. If you had told me that Britney Spears... I almost was just like, hold on. We need to do a whole separate podcast on Britney Spears and me not knowing that Britney Spears <laughs> dated Colin Firth. That would have been a wild card. Oh, my God. Talking. I am just picturing... I can't stop laughing. I'm picturing peak Britney Spears. <laughs> Slay for you, Britney, with Colin Firth. <laughs> Who's in like a three-piece suit and a monocle, and he's this incredibly you know, well-known, renowned actor. Yeah, no, no, no not quite. He's yeah, like, but- this is bollocks. Things have escalated. <laughs>
But we did talk about Ted Danson and Whoopi Goldberg. So I mean, that would have been the same thing to me. That's just as weird. No, no. Whoopi and Ted were equally <laughs> stars, actor, actresses, where as Colin Firth and Brittany, can you imagine her going from Justin Timberlake to Colin Firth? If she dated Colin Firth, I mean, I think probably would have been better for her. I'm just saying, Colin Firth seems like a stand-up guy. You know, they say sometimes when you go through a rough breakup that you could have like a mental break in your head. And I wonder if losing Justin, was that for her? It if probably she was. was. so upset with herself or she was like, oh my God. What did I do with the dancer? Well, that's the thing. I, it's like the self-sabotage nature of it. It's like, yeah. I did this. Not, it didn't work out. It's like, no, I screwed this up. Although I don't really have any sympathy. I mean, I just don't. Sorry. They were all partying in Hollywood at the time. You know, things were crazy. But I just want to thank her because that was a great Justin album. And we probably would have never gotten that if it didn't happen. Oh my God, Justified would have never happened. This is why everything happens for a reason. If Britney Spears didn't cheat on Justin with his friend that was also the choreographer and backup dancer, he would have never been heartbroken. He would have never given us Justified. We would have never had such great tunes that we could vibe to. There's so many things that have spawned off from that. Thank but this you, is why this. Thank you, Brittany. And also thank you for those VMA performances. They inspired many a workout from me. But other than that, I think the only other things I've really done deep dives on lately are um, brown noise. Have you heard of brown noise? I have because you mentioned it and I don't get it. Classic. It sounds like the a what an ASMR thing. What is it? Just a consistent weird noise. Does it help you sleep? I don't understand the point of it. Yeah. So Harrison Bader, Cardinals player, was on my podcast, uh, well, on our podcast a couple of years ago. You actually couldn't do it that week. So I interviewed him. He came in the studio with me and was telling me how he and Paul DeYoung got really into this brown noise because it's like white noise, but the frequency of it is different and it's supposed to help you sleep. And so I've been doing some deep dives on some brown noise on YouTube. That's going to be a no for me. That sounds like stuff, the stuff you were talking about earlier with the chakra and the universe, whatever, and this thing you're talking about now with brown noise, is that in Goop Lab? It sounds like something straight out of Goop Lab. It's not. It's straight out of a baseball clubhouse, but I'm sure it's coming on season two of Goop Lab. Yeah, yeah. Look out for that. Gwen, Gwyneth Paltrow, what's up? I want to do this exercise really quick with you, though, because okay. I think this tells a lot about a person. Oh, God. Can you, and I want to do this live on the show, because I think that's the only way to do it. Okay. Because if you go into Instagram and then open up the search feed, what are the videos that they suggest for you? Because you can tell a lot about a person based on what the videos that Instagram suggests for you. I'm My first one is Wait. just a bulldog. Mine are a lot of dogs because Maddie obviously Googles dogs and sends them to me or Instagrams dogs and sends them to me. So they think that I also want to look at all these dog pictures. So mine is mostly dogs, but I do have a lot of the random, like I was talking about the hydraulic press stuff. I have this one thing where you ever seen it's solid sand that people cut with a knife. I can't even explain it, but they're always in my Instagram feed for some reason. But what is it? I want to know what yours is. Where do you go to on that in the search? You just go to IGTV? Just, no, no, just in search and scroll down. You see all the stuff that's there? Yeah, yeah, just on the What's feed the, here. Like the, what are the videos that are in there for you? Uh, well, they're mostly still photos. Okay, so the first video that pops up is Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande at the Sounds VMAs. about right. Sounds see, there about you go. Your phone knows you well. So yours is a lot, yours is a lot of music stuff. For oh, me, it's like trick no. shots and soccer. Here are some other ones, and they're definitely Real Housewives. What, just arguments? <laughs> yes. Let's see. What is this one? Yep, that's a Real Housewife of New York. This is a parody video, a Bravo parody video. So yeah, I would say my phone does know me pretty well. If you scroll through that, I'm telling you, you can tell a lot about a person based on, if you know what you should be able to do? That should be like a first date thing where you each hand each other your phone, 
You don't get to go in and see their DMs or whatever. You just look at what is suggested to them based on social media, based on their algorithm, and you'll learn everything you need to know about whoever that person is. Yeah. The person dating me would be like, oh, pop stars and housewives. And they'd be like, And yes. you'd be like, that's me. Yes, I love Bravo <laughs> and Britney Spears. I also have a sports side. Yeah. Get you a girl that can do both. How do yeah. you say it? Find you, you a somebody, girl. Yeah. Find you somebody who could do both. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, Steve. Well, hydraulics don't surprise me from you. And Bravo definitely doesn't surprise you from me. So let's go to a review, shall we? Let's do it. Right, How many Shelleys are there? Oh, this is one Shelly, but it is. Well, they're all Shelleys. Come on, let's be honest. Yeah, all of these are Shelleys. Okay. This one is from Wannabe RL Pro, title Six Star Shelly. <laughs> yes. Five stars. Favorite pod, hands down, right there with Rosello, of course. Shout out Moose and Mumford. My dog's name is Griff, and he's a legend as well. Shout out to Griff. Absolutely would love to purchase some merch, so let's get that flowing. Also, Saruti, hop on Twitch and play some Rocket League sometime. Would love nothing more. Okay, this is the second person I've had ask me if I play Rocket League, and I don't. Do you have any idea what Rocket League is? No. Any is idea? it about okay. spaceships? Uh, no. It's basically, so you know, you know Fortnite, right? I'm familiar, but You're, no, you know, know of it. Wow. Yeah. yeah, you know of Fortnite. Well, Rocket League is like one of those games where I believe it's free. And it has to do with that. You like drive a car around. I think it's 2v2. And it's essentially playing soccer. But instead of a person, you drive a car around and push the ball. And millions of people watch the Rocket League Twitches. There's professional Rocket Leagues. It's unbelievable how many people are invested and interested in Rocket League. I've just never done it for some reason. I've always been into FIFA and Call of Duty. So you're the second person that's told me I need to get into Rocket League. So maybe I will hop on Twitch and do that. Yeah, that definitely sounds like a solo activity. Michelle, for you, you could you could do live play by play. You could talk about what's going on. Maybe this should be like our next thing. We should be on Twitch. Uh, Steve, I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to get on Twitch. That's a hard pass for you. Okay. Steve, I'm That's not. That's like me watching the Cardinals again. Oh, speaking of, we have a long weekend approaching. You need to watch some below deck. Okay. Yeah, I could do that. I could do that. I really want to have some below deck talks with you. We'll do a below, a below deck pod. You just need to tell me what season I need to watch. Is there a specific okay. one? And I'll, yes. we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that post show. But uh, yes, okay. below deck stuff coming shortly. All the below deck content you could ever want coming shortly. All right. Well, thank you to Wannabe RL Pro for the review, who obviously loves Saruti. He's calling me Shelly as a diss. He's talking about Mumford and his dog. He's talking about Rocket League. Clearly a Steve fan, which is awesome. But if you haven't already, please head to Apple Podcasts, search for Small Talk, subscribe to it, rate it preferably five stars, and leave a review. Steve and I will be back in action next week. But until then, stay cool, Shellys. Shouts out to the Shellys. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.